3: See you. Dimly lit room, where deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And
4: today on Little Friday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. You know, I was about to go with the new most popular dog breed in the USA, uh, surpassing my favorite breed. But I actually
0: haven't I heard would... this yet. I've heard it teased well, exactly. a bunch of times, but I don't know yeah.
4: it. I don't yeah, know. I don't want to give away the punchline.
3: What was it? It was the Labrador. The Labrador Retriever for thirty-one years, and there's a new one. God, where is kid. my son and I? We talked about this on the drive home last night. We're like speculating, and I still haven't heard.
4: So yeah, unveil it carefully. This All right, major well, information. You know, maybe we'll just play that clip in segment one of the show today that explains it. I'll give you a hint. They can't keep their welfare state straight, but they're pretty good at dogs. Stay with us. That's what I was going to guess. These dogs have to be two years older to retire soon. That's what I was actually going to guess. Stay with us. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, you've got your finger on the pulse of Dog America. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, I do. Um, And so that was our general manager? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I could go with all sorts of dreary, depressing, tedious, serious stuff, but why bother? Or March We'll, we'll Madness. get to that soon enough. March, March Madness, of course. which kicks off in earnest
3: today, and everybody's got to have their brackets in and all that sort of stuff, and this year they expect nearly $16 billion worth of uh, betting to happen. I got to believe it's been that much for years. This is just the first time they've kept track of it because it's not illegal. Because people have been betting in every workplace I've ever been in my whole life.
4: If kicking a $5 bill in and then waiting four weeks for a payoff is betting. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But uh, yeah, so 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 last year was $3 billion.
3: This year, it's almost $16 billion. That's just the amount that they're aware of has changed, right? It's not that, that seems, it can't possibly be true. No, March Madness is not five times as interesting this year as it was last year. It's just right. now people are coming out of the
4: closet. Not that I know anybody who was that worried about it. Um, well, and I just thought, no, I guess that you you kind of have to be at work to do the pool. I was going to say that you know everybody was watching so darn much TV during the whole vid pandemic that um, I thought there'd be more interest. But no, it it helps to be in the office. I
3: didn't know an actual illegal gambling bookie dude. He worked uh, he worked for me actually. I was his boss at a radio station. Mm. He did the uh, afternoon show. I did the morning show, and he would uh, come in on uh, Saturdays and use reams of paper for the company computer uh, printer, and mm-hmm. print out all these different things because he was mostly NFL and college football, and he uh, he re- he ran books for lots and lots and lots of illegal gambling, hmm. and uh, that was like his main job. And uh, I don't know; it never occurred to me to like tell him maybe you shouldn't do that or anything. I don't know; I didn't care. I was young. Yeah, it's paper; it's cheap. <laughs> But anyway, he would not get paid regularly. People would stiff him. I didn't. I didn't realize this. This is part of the whole bookie thing. Maybe mm. you think you got the uh, the ability to do the numbers and everything like this is kind of like uh, Ozark. Maybe you got the ability to do the stuff required, but you might not have that other layer you need to have to uh, to stay in the business. And that people would stiff him all the time. And unless you're the sort of guy that's going to go collect, you're just going to get stiffed all the time. Oh. And he was the kind of guy that would go collect. And he would just kick in their door, go in, unplug their TV, carry it out, and put it in his car. That
4: was his regular move. Yeah, I don't think you can stay in that business if you don't collect. I can't imagine that would work. I first not. episode of The Sopranos, right? Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah, I suppose yeah. not. So um, it, maybe it's so. My point is, a lot, a lot of betting has been going on for years that you know that wasn't wasn't being reported by the media. I don't know if they were actually unaware of it or what, but. Isn't it better now that it's slightly more above board so you don't have big steroid guys busting into houses and taking televisions?
4: Yeah, I think you have more uh, families where dad or mom has to admit, uh, we can't make the house payment anymore. I gambled it all away, Uh, probably. You think that's happening more often because gambling
3: is a little above board? You think there are more gambling addicts uh, ruining their lives? I don't know. That might be true.
4: I would guess that's true, although, you know, if I'm wrong, I'll say I'm wrong. But, yeah, the the skids have been greased. It's much easier to do. It's like um, uh, hard drug use and addiction and overdose and death. Of course, that's been complicated by the nature of the drugs involved, too. So that one's a little tough to narrow down. But, yeah, I I did not think we would see a skyrocketing number of people doing hard drugs when uh, society said we're not going to mess with it so much anymore. Well, you do what you want to do. I couldn't imagine we would see our cities and and medium-sized towns clogged with camps full of addicts wasting their lives. I see
3: hundreds every day.
4: Yeah. yeah. Almost all of them probably drug addicts. Yeah. Were they uh, present in those numbers before, just somewhere else? I don't think so. So
3: then there's a chance tomorrow... I'm driving home, and I see a guy under a bridge, and he's under the bridge because he bet on Alabama in the NCAA tournament, not realizing one of their star problems, uh, star players, has uh, some personal problems with guns and whatnot. And Hadn't read the papers, and uh,
4: so there he was. He ruined his life on gambling. Right, we'll probably see gambler camps clogging our parks next. (laughs) They'll be vying for room with the drug addicts, so that'll be interesting. Right. I'm thinking the gamblers are probably in better physical condition, so. I fell, for I, like the si- I
3: fell for the siren song of a Cinderella, Cinderella bet. Here I am living in a tent.
4: You know, uh, come to think of it, I'm willing to put 100 bucks on the gamblers in the fight for uh, supremacy in the city parks <laughs> over the junkies. <laughs>
0: that, that,
4: that is that's some funny
3: meta right there. <laughs> um, let's start the show officially. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is, how did it get to be? Thursday, March 16th, the year 2023. We are Armstrong again, and we
4: approve of this program. All right, let's begin officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations, uh, precisely at Mark. Back in 1951, I had the pleasure of uh, meeting all those artists, from Jim Reeves, Elvis, uh, again, it's just all Carl Perkins, Johnny Cash, you name them, they were there. I love the people. I love radio. They all go together, and Mm -hmm. and I thank God every day. I can still do my radio and love my people. What the hell is that? That is Mary McCoy, who's 85 years old. She is still continuing a 71-year radio career on Country Classics, KVST, K-Star Country. Uh, Do we know where that is, Michael? I do not know where it is. Eh, That's shoddy research, sir. (laughs)
3: Shoddy. (laughs) She's still working because she's... uh... Not ever made enough money to put any away as a disc jockey. (laughs) Wow.
4: Yeah. How about that? 71 years, though. Yeah, good for her. Playing classic country, plays a Carl Perkins record, says, I tell you what, last time I had lunch with Carl, which was in 1956, (laughs) uh, he told me the funniest story.
3: So the videos are out of the Russians forcing down one of our fighter drones. Uh, proving what I think most of us already believed, that uh, that, that is what happened, and that the Russian story that we did it ourselves or something. It was a bunch of crap. But continues to be fallout from that story. There's also continues to be fallout from uh, maybe the leading contender to be president of the United States, saying he's not as into the Ukraine war as Joe Biden is. Is that How big a deal is that?
4: Fake news. That's what I
3: say. Fake news. Got another bank that dang near failed overnight. This one yeah. in Europe.
4: But uh, what does that mean? And a bunch of other stuff. They've taken steps, Jack, to limit the contagion. All right. Good. I wish they'd have taken steps to limit my contagion. I got the vid, I think. I still haven't tested because I don't care.
3: Take a dang test.
4: It's exciting Uh, if you have COVID. I'll I'll see if we have any. Uh, I think we probably do have a test stuffed away. But, yeah, I've had the fever and and coughing. And I think it's probably the vid. Probably. Yeah.
3: God help you. I'm probably fine. You're probably fine. I was fine during most of mine, although I can't taste sweet anymore, and I don't know if that'll ever come back. So.
4: Mm. Um, yeah, I, I felt much, much worse the first time I had the vid. Yeah, me too.
3: I was pretty sick that time for one, just one night, but it was pretty bad one night. Yeah, this one's just
4: annoying. Mm. Yeah, I had a pretty high fever for three days, but uh, now just annoyed. How does a mail bag look? Well, it's pretty strong, yeah. Good. Worth doing. Mm-hmm. Yum, uh, yum. It's better than that 85-year-old gal what she's got on her show. By Uh, the way, it was Montgomery, Texas. There you go, Montgomery, Texas. There you go. Some some dusty anecdote about, uh, I don't know, Johnny Cash. Uh, why, would I, why would I turn on that nice old lady? I don't know. What is wrong with me? She's doing something. It's, it's the COVID. You can't taste sweet. I, I, I'm nothing but bitter. <laughs> it's caused me to become vicious. <laughs> My <laughs> God, what, what sort of a monster have I become?
3: <laughs> we'll catch up on some of the news of the day, and we'll place our bets and all that sort of stuff on the way. Text line four one five two nine five kftz
0: Armstrong and Getty.
3: The Armstrong and Getty Show. Another hint, or is this a hint? Did Lady Gaga have one stolen from her? I believe so, yes. The new number one dog in the country. Okay, we'll do full team coverage of that coming up.
4: I'm a little shocked, by the way, by this change in the American culture. Yeah.
3: Uh, The Biden administration is demanding the Chinese company that owns TikTok sell the app or face a possible ban. Maybe the ban is coming after all of TikTok. I don't know. Among other things, on the way.
4: Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. Aided by some absolutely uh, terrific assistance by... Uh, who is that? I'm sorry. I meant to give credit for that. But I have the vid, don't you know? I'll I'll, I'll check back in a second. An alert listener who sent along a couple of links. Uh, the first one is a uh, Twitter link from uh, a woman of Chinese descent. The first killing by the Red Guards, and yes, we're working toward the freedom-loving quote of the day. The victim was Bian Zhouyung, mother of four and assistant principal of an elite middle, girls' middle school in Beijing. Her crime, she belonged to the class of condemned bourgeois intellectuals. The year was 1966. Who were the killers? Teenage girls. Don't underestimate the evil power of indoctrination. It can turn privileged girls into monsters. The same indoctrination is happening right here in America according to this Chinese-American lady. And then she adds on, it's important to know Ms. bion was a devoted communist and part of the CCP indoctrination machine. Her story should serve as a cautionary tale for all indoctrinators. One day your students may find you not woke enough and deem you as the enemy to be eradicated. Radicals always end up eating their own.
3: Uh, President she's and- own parents had their lives ruined by the Cultural Revolution. Which is weird, then, that he is such a, you
4: know, staunch communist. Anyway. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. So here's your freedom-loving quote of the day from, uh, again, Orwell, 1984. It was always the women, and above all the young ones, who were the most bigoted adherents of the party, the swallowers of slogans, the amateur spies, and nosers out of unorthodoxy. How did he know that? Before He saw it at the time. Well, it's certainly evident now. Yeah, yeah. D- does anybody particularly, do any women have any thoughts why that tends to be true? It's not exclusively true, of course, and this is not a some sort of moronic man versus woman thing. Uh, why is it that young women are so quickly and easily radicalized? There has to mailbag be. Mailbag at ArmstrongandGetty.com there is ha- the email address. Mailbag at com. There almost has to be a positive evolutionary reason, right? Yes. Oh, I have my own theory. I didn't want to, you know, uh, what's the term? I didn't want to lead anybody down a particular road because I'd love to hear your ideas. But I think women have an intense need to bond, to form groups, to be accepted, Um, and in a way that guys don't as much because men tend to be more independent. Um, go off to hunt, etc. Now, men hunted in bands through the through human history, but it wasn't quite that same grouping feeling.
3: So, uh, you know, we live in a country where the Labrador Retriever is no longer the number one dog. So.
4: so everything's changing. Exactly. Not for the better. Oh, this is a note from Randy. SVB went woke and became broke with equal outcomes for everyone. Wow, that's pithy. SVB went woke, became broke. Equal outcomes for everyone. Well, so you talked about that
3: the other day about how their risk management person was spending all their time on making sure they were diverse enough. Yeah. Um. So is how much is the bank to blame for what happened?
4: It's a complicated question with a complicated answer. And are they going to pay any price for that? I mean, well, yeah, yeah. All the stockholders gone away, have lost their their arse. Oh, well, everybody's fired. The bank doesn't exist anymore; just its assets, which are going to be redistributed to its uh, account holders. But the people at the top took
3: out bonuses and stuff on the way out the door.
4: <laughs> right on time. Yep,
3: right
1: That's on
4: funny. time. That's crazy. That's funny. <laughs> right on yeah. time. All right, here's a here's a, a thought provoker here from our friend Paulo, frequent correspondent. Does overpopulation bring the gender wars? Guys, you pointed out that there's a lot less procreating happening. And I think you've speculated that something's going on, that people aren't just deciding to have fewer children. There are more of us than ever, and Internet-powered communication makes us very aware of just how many of us there are. In fact, it probably amplifies the reality. We know that nature responds to overpopulation by decreasing birth rates. Are today's gender warriors part of nature's response to overpopulation? They do throw a monkey wrench into the traditional processes of procreation, and their fervor is certainly consistent with that of people driven by some deep-seated primal urge. What do you think? That sounds fantastic. I think that's a heck of a good theory. Wow. You're blowing my mind. So it's a response to overpopulation. People are, like, forced into anything but... Male, female, sperm, ovum. And the next thing you know, she walks
3: like a woman and talks like a man. La, 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 Wow, wow. Dude looks like a lady.
4: Uh, uh, moving along. How much time do we have, Michael? On a similar topic, uh, Al Anonymous writes... Uh, On the topic of triple standards of behavior, guys, please explain what was considered normal behavior between men and women in the workplace or school is now a hostile environment caused by toxic masculinity, but drag queen shows are appropriate for grade schools. I've seen a few drag shows many times, uh, San Francisco, Vegas, New Orleans. They appeal to tourists uh, from more conservative areas as you won't believe what we saw on our trip. they were always ribald, gross burlesque caricatures similar to blackface minstrel shows. What made the difference was the talent of the performers, the quality of the female impersonators. That's right. The appropriate term was female impersonator, not untalented, politically driven, sexually confused loser who no one would see to perform. Oof! Why and how this became appropriate for children is perverse and bizarre. Bizarre, the politically correct, non-sexualized behavior of heterosexual men is closely guarded lest you be fired. But the most inappropriate activity by the alphabet spectrum is considered free expression. That's a good one saying boy your hair looks great today is like reason for firing but a transgender or something person tweaking in front of a child is fine interesting
3: if you missed an hour of the show get the podcast armstrong and getty on demand
0: armstrong and getty
2: The Armstrong and Getty
0: Show. To wear the crown of most popular canine, it's really a dog-eat-dog competition. But apparently America has spoken, and the answer is the French Bulldog after the American Kennel Club announced their registrations leapfrogged the previous title holder for three-plus decades, Labrador Retrievers. <laughs> Critics have called for <laughs> more oversight on their breeding, and in some countries, bans based on their flat faces that can lead to a host of health issues. Whether sleeping or show-stopping, there's clearly a new sheriff in town, Sam Brock. NBC News, Miami Beach. So
3: to make sure everybody understands this, the Labrador Retriever was the most popular dog in America for
4: 30-some years. And now it's the French Bulldog? One caveat, it became clear to me from that report, that's registered with the American Kennel Club. So registered purebred dogs. On the streets of America, Jack, I believe the Labrador is still the king.
3: Or probably some sort of pit bull mix. If you're actually just going to count them based on my oh. looking around,
4: <laughs> yeah, I think you're probably right. What was that noise midway through that report? <laughs> <laughs>
3: was that a, and hey, I'm kind of flat faced. What do you want me euthanized? I mean, come on,
4: take it easy. Well, at least they, you know, they pointed out them flat faced dogs, and you're the owner of one of them. You're part of the problem.
3: Yeah, you got well, a pug that was pushed upon me. It wasn't my choice, yeah. but okay, um, no,
4: they can't breathe at all. It's
3: ridiculous. Some men are born
4: to pugs. Some uh, (laughs) come into pugs. Some have pugs thrust upon them.
3: (laughs) Pugsito peed on Henry's shoes yesterday, right before school, and he's only got the one pair of shoes that he... Yeah, that turned into a mess. I don't know what what the message was there. It's a message. Um, (laughs) You're being a
0: crazy sex poodle.
3: So we just got this text. We were kind of on the topic with the freedom-loving quote of the day of why has it been throughout history that the most quickly radicalized and fervent adopters of whatever political idea is young women. And we're seeing that with the whole woke world. Why is that? It, mm-hmm. And we we're using the example of the Cultural Revolution. And, uh, man, I remember a, a great book I read about the Vietnam War, about uh, the young women in Vietnam and how great they were at organizing and fighting and guerrilla warfare and everything like that. I'm currently reading Days of Rage about the late 60s early 70s in the United States and all that weather ground underground stuff and all the various groups that were you know setting off bombs all across the country driven right. by young educated women. Yeah. That's interesting. We got this text, Jack and Joe. Uh I am a teacher. I had two girl students who were brilliant in middle school. One went to UC and one other went to a state college. This is in California. But both came back hating capitalism and embracing socialism. I do not know what is going on in our colleges, but it's not
4: bode well for the rest of us. So that's interesting. Well, that's what's going on in our colleges. That's precisely what's going on. Indoctrination. Well, at least it's expensive. I would pay twice as much. If there wasn't indoctrination into to Marxism and, and, and sexual wildness and perversion or whatever.
3: Sure, your kid comes back hating America and all the systems in it, but at least they're unemployable and it was expensive.
4: So there's that. Wow, that ought to be on like a college t-shirt. That was good. <laughs> oh, God, it's depressing. We got an email um, on why women tend to be radicalized so easily and quickly. Men complete. Excuse me. Joe's got got COVID. I think I do anyway. Uh, Men compete physically. Women compete socially. They desire access to the best possible situation. So they'll often highlight the negatives of others. Add this to the propaganda of you can have it all. And you wind up depressed and alone. Then you try to cope by saying, this is what I want. And now anyone who says otherwise is the enemy. It's a bonding thing. I look for things that make me go, this uh, correspondent says. Look for things that
3: make you go. You know, while we're on the topic, just to give you an idea of how bad things can get or how bad they once were compared to now, I mentioned the book Days of Rage, and it's it's all about the, uh, the, 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 the late 60s, early 70s, the period that most people refer to as the 60s. I've come to figure out when people talk about the sixties, they generally mean late sixties, early (laughs) seventies, because prior to like 1967, it was the Mm fifties just was look at, look at the way people are dressed and haircuts and, you know, Dick Cavett or whatever you want to look at. But
4: yeah, I would argue when the Beatles came over in 64, certainly among the young it changed, but yeah, I get your point. Sure.
3: Um, And this is what was going on in America at the time. Imagine if this happened today, says the author of the book. Hundreds of young Americans, white, black and Hispanic, disappear from their everyday lives and secretly form urban guerrilla groups dedicated to confronting the government and righting society's wrongs. They smuggle bombs into skyscrapers and federal buildings and detonate them from coast to coast. They strike inside the Pentagon, inside the U.S. Capitol, at a courtroom in Boston, at dozens of multi-international corporations, at a Wall Street restaurant packed with lunchtime diners. People die. They rob banks, dozens of them, launch raids on National Guard arsenals, assassinate policemen in New York, San Francisco, and Atlanta and other towns. There are deadly shootouts and daring jailbreaks, illegal government break-ins, and a scandal in Washington. This was America in the late 60s and the early 70s, a decade when self-styled radical revolutionaries formed something unique in post-colonial U.S. history, an underground resistance movement. And one of the points of this author is how nobody talks about this anymore. It's like it mm. didn't happen. Right. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's worth remembering. For one thing, these are not not the most tumultuous times in recent memory. If we don't have bombs
4: going off constantly. These are tumultuous times, I'll, uh, I'll admit that. But. I would take a different lesson from okay. that. Uh, 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 my lesson is that can happen again. That's a, That's a good way to look at it also. It lists yeah. all the various groups that existed, all these
3: anarchist, revolutionary groups who were dedicated to bringing down the United States. Um, this is from uh, a journalist uh, writing with information from the FBI. People have completely forgotten that in 1972, we had over 19... 1,500 domestic bombings in the United States. Wow. People don't want to listen to that. They can't believe it. One bombing now and everyone gets excited. In 1972, it was every day. Buildings getting bombed, policemen getting killed. It was commonplace, quoting an FBI agent from the time. That is stunning. The, The number here, the numbers here, the underground bombings of the 1970s were far more widespread than anything in recent memory. During an eighteen-month period from nineteen seventy-one to nineteen seventy-two, the FBI reported more than twenty-five hundred bombings on U.S. soil,
4: nearly five a day. Wow! Over a year and a half, it is unbelievable. Many of them designed to destroy property and sure. not life. Sure, but, not, uh, not obviously, you set off that many bombs, something's going to go wrong.
3: Yeah, and people did get people did get hurt, but they were not particularly lethal. But still, if that were happening today, even without lethality, it would be sure. Yeah, your point is a good one. It could happen again. It's surprise. It's actually quite surprising that it is not happening again.
4: Yeah, yeah. Uh, back to the radicalization of women thing. As the emails continue oh, to roll in, most uh, of yes. those most of those people were women leading those groups, making Often, the bombs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, ah, uh, and and again, uh, this is not. I, I hate you know blanket generalizations, and this is not the, again some sort of dopey man versus woman thing. But it's undeniably. A truth, And I think it's worth looking at why young women tend to become radicalized so quickly and easily. Um, and this is part of it. Uh, Rich, who's uh, clearly a man, but has an insight, said, I work in a skilled nursing facility. During COVID restrictions, family and loved ones could not visit. Only stand outside the window to see the patients. How heartbreaking is that? Mm. Then there was a time they could come in and visit, but had to keep six feet away. Imagine a husband seeing his wife of 50 years and couldn't resist the urge to hug her. It was always the woman that enforced the stupid COVID laws until the husband he broke the rules and had to leave. Us men would look the other way, his loved ones embraced, wow. and did not follow the stupid six-foot rule. Women follow rules, even when those rules are established by moronic people. That's interesting. Now, uh, there is something anthropological there, again.
3: This is getting um, a little woman bashing you for me. It's uh, making me well, uncomfortable. I don't know. Are you talking th-
4: internment camps, or what are you talking here? Oh, good Lord. I think people trust me to handle the sub- subtleties of the argument. Jack, you look in your mirror if you'd like to know how something something. I don't know how to <laughs> end that sentence. Anyway. Um <laughs> I certainly know many relationships, successful relationships, where the man is the, you've got to take risk to gain reward, half of the pairing, and the woman is, we need to be careful, we need to follow the rules. Um, and I think there's probably a very sound anthropological slash evolutionary reason for these things. But if you have women who are more interested in general than men in forming bonds and forming groups and a tendency to have a great enthusiasm for following rules, even rules that might not logically hold up to scrutiny. That is the absolute description of a radicalized young woman who becomes so utterly devoted to political, you know, DEI, uh, you know, the Black Lives Matter thing, critical race theory, queer theory, gender theory thing. They memorize the rules and they enforce them harshly to remain a valued part of the group. Makes sense.
3: Yeah, it makes perfectly good sense to me that evolutionary speaking, the women had to figure out, okay, what's the danger here? To, uh, to our uh, village while the men are out hunting. Oh, there's a disease around. Oh, we got to crack down on this or it'll wipe us all out. You know, that sort of thing.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and men's resistance to group pressure is generally their fists in a way that, that women don't often resort to. We got this text. Radicalized women, one word, Eve. There
1: go.
3: Wow. The original sin, Jack. I don't want to go there. You
4: don't? I don't. Homer Simpson's mom was a bomber. That's right. I'd forgotten. Oh, that's right. Yeah. She's like a weather underground type. He was raised in a commune, I think. We got several uh, Eve-related
3: emails about that.
4: No, no. I'm not going down the road of it. Well, women are evil. That's why. No, 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 no. You interpret the Book of Genesis the way you want to. I'll interpret it the way I want to. I just think it has to do with the forming of social groups.
3: Yeah, I was con- I was kidding about the internment camps, mostly. Um, so uh, if it, it's it's we've been talking a lot about it, um, uh, where we're based because we've been on and now in San Francisco for twenty years. This month is starting to get a lot of national attention. Because the reparations committee is meeting this week in San Francisco, and they're sticking with the idea that everybody that qualifies, and lots of people are going to qualify, should get $5 million, among other things. Oh, yeah. That's just, that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. $5 million to try to right the wrongs of slavery. And it is amazing how far it has gone, and it doesn't look like anybody's going to stop it yet. As the committee has been meeting this week, and everybody's, I think this is a great idea. Me too. Oh, you think it's a good idea? I think it's even a better idea. I don't think you're enthusiastic enough about it. That sort of thing is going on. And uh, right. some of the qualifications we should get into because they're, or, or, well, they're, they, they reach hilarity to me. <laughs> they reach the level of hilarity. Um, some new political news about the whole 24 presidential race uh, we can check in on. That is uh, going to be troubling to some of you. Our text line is 415 295 KFTC
0: and Getty.
1: at Purdue Global. The
2: Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Ivy League schools, I saw that a 15-seed Princeton made it to the tournament, and they got to play number two, Arizona. Yeah, it's a pretty lopsided matchup, but the Princeton fans still have school spirit. Check out some of the signs they made for the game. The first one says, hey, ref, don't you know who our fathers are? <laughs> this next one says, where do you even yacht in Arizona? <laughs> and finally... This one says, ease up or we'll collapse another bank. Can you go over oh, this? One. Oh, oh, hey, oh no win. Win. That's Prince. funny.
3: I really like, hey, refs, do you know who our fathers are? That's a good one. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> oh, boy. It's even got Prince in the name
4: of the university. Come on.
3: Now, know you get in on merit. It's not because your parents are rich or anything like that. That wouldn't make any sense. What's that got uh, to do with that? Right. What, how, what good would that do with society? Exactly. The university, of course, are all about diversity and all that sort of stuff. They aren't getting in just because you're rich.
4: Capitalism's wrong. All those people got rich. It's just so weird. It's so well, weird. And the left wants to end meritocracy. Right. In America. Yeah, I don't know. What, what do. the hell? I
3: don't get it. Uh, so uh, this is starting to become a national story. I've been following it a lot around uh, where we're based. In San Francisco, the uh, reparations board and the city is looking at $5 million per person who qualifies. Uh, for reparations. This is the idea that
4: so, I hate to stop you. You said
3: $5 million. Surely you meant 5000 I, no, The I, I, Payments of $5 million to every eligible black adult in San Francisco. Uh, and you become eligible a number of different ways. Uh, direct history going back to slavery, obviously. But also if anybody, you know, if your father or grandfather or grandma or whoever was ever jailed at all for drugs because the drug war was uh, inherently racist, I guess... That qualifies you. Wow. Uh, $5 million. But some of the other things that I hadn't become aware of, and all of these things they made very positive noises about in the last two days in their meetings. The elimination of personal debt and tax burdens. Just wipe that out. Wow. Guaranteed annual incomes of at least $97,000 for 250 years. Yeah. Now, now, wow. re- remember they've admitted more or less that the five million dollar number is kind of random. They didn't like use a calculation to come up with that. They just thought, you know, what? it'd be good, two million. Two million doesn't sound like enough to me. How about five million? Okay, five million. That's how they came up with the number. So I got to assume ninety seven thousand dollars a year for two hundred and fifty years is also a random number. <laughs>
4: Well, and if, uh, you know, a generation is roughly 25 years, I don't know what uh, it is these days, but that's a guaranteed uh, income then for 12 generations. That ought to do it, whatever it is.
3: When do you pass any policy that goes on for 250 years? And homes in San Francisco for a dollar a family. So everybody who qualifies gets to buy a home in San Francisco for a dollar.
4: Where this home is going to come from, it's hard to imagine. You know, a, a quick message to everybody not in San Francisco, just so we can all sit around and fully appreciate this. These are adults talking. These are grown-ups saying these things, often uh, with jobs, theoretically, although often their jobs are kind of funny. Uh, saying these things with straight faces. Can you believe it? How crazy is that? It's pretty crazy. Well, and you know what? It's going to run up. It's going to keep going, keep moving forward uh, until it runs into the person who writes the checks, Then they're going to go, uh, no, there's no money. Or a court will stop
3: it somehow. But yeah, So we talked about this yesterday, because uh, I hadn't heard these new wrinkles about the <laughs> guaranteed nearly six-figure salary for 250 years. Do you factor in inflation on that? What's $97,000 going to be worth in 250 years? But um, uh, yeah, so now we live in this age where you propose things; they don't—they don't have to be workable or doable or constitutional or anything like that. You don't have to have any belief that it's ever going to happen. You just—they don't even have to be grounded in reality. <laughs> you just keep pushing for it until somebody else stops it, and you get all right. the—you get all the credit for having tried, and there's
4: no downside for some reason. London Breed, who's a black woman and liberal, but moderate in San Francisco, liberal mayor has got to be thinking, OK, great. So y'all are going to push this this unicornian, bizarro fantasy of yours right to my desk. And I'm going to uh, have to be the one to say, uh, not only can we not afford five million dollars per person, we can't afford 50,000. You're out of your freaking minds. Oh, thanks for that. She's thinking. Uh, NBC News in San Francisco reports the draft reparations plan released in
3: December is unmatched nationwide in its specificity and breadth. Yes, the committee has a way to put it. The committee hasn't done an analysis of the cost of the proposals, but critics have slammed the plan as financially and politically impossible.
4: <laughs> uh, to which
3: one. Now super- that's a slam. To which one supervisor said, ba, ba, ba." Um, one of the supervisors said they were surprised that in liberal S- San Francisco, they're getting some. Uh, several supervisors said they were surprised to hear pushback from politically liberal San Franciscos, apparently unaware of the legacy of slavery. Wow. I am a- These aware people of math. have no grasp of reality. Go ahead. I am completely aware of math, though, is the thing. So, right. Yeah. Um, uh, I like this. The Hoover Institution, which actually tried to figure out the math, has said it would cost each non black family in the city at least $600,000.
4: Okay. And who do I write the check to?
3: <laughs> How soon do you need that? I'm going to need a, a little bit to move some things around to try to come up with that. <laughs>
4: You're going to have to put a few things on eBay. <laughs> well, it's I'm a little scared, th- scary to see people that unmoored from reality. God, no kidding.
3: If you miss an hour of this show, get the podcasts. Uh, Armstrong and Getty on demand.
4: Armstrong and Getty.